0: Governor, so you began your career in the 1980s as a geologist working in the oil fields of western Colorado. Would you have ever expected to see the type of development that we're seeing today in the oil and gas industry?
1: Well, never in a million years. And and I worked not just in western Colorado. I worked in in Wyoming, and I did some work in Utah, kind of all over the Rocky Mountain West, Arizona. We were trying to see if we could find some uh, oil potential down there. We knew there were these shales, and we knew there's a lot of oil trapped in the shale, but no one had ever, there's no way that anyone could think of that you could, could recover economically the, this oil and gas trapped
0: in the shales. Of course, it is a very different world now. And fracking in Colorado, of course, is very controversial, and it's certainly more controversial than other states in the West because it's here where we have this type of production coming face to face with major populations. Now, this has led to handfuls of potential ballot measures slated to perhaps gather signatures for this November's ballot. You worked hard to try to craft a compromise legislation to provide some sort of local control to communities uh, in a way that was a compromise with industry as well. That effort failed in the waning days of the legislative session this year. Why?
1: Well, it failed so far. We're still having the n- discussions. The way I frame it now is that we have two valid interests, right? So you have people that in many cases have lived in their suburban-style neighborhood for 30 years, and there's a, that meadow across the street they always thought it might become a housing track or develop at some point. But suddenly, it's, it's, a, it's going to be an oil rig. And it's an industrial process right across the street from their home, maybe, you know, 500 feet or 550 feet or 600 feet from, from their actual house. And I think that has alarmed many people. So that's I think they have a legitimate right to be concerned. They, they purchased this house. They've lived there in quiet enjoyment. But on the, on the other side, you've got people that have owned the mineral rights. And out here in Colorado, it's the person who owns the, the rights to harvest the, those minerals from under the ground generally isn't the same person who owns the surface rights. So you, you have, they have a, I mean, you don't want to have a situation where government's coming in and suddenly saying what you used to have that was open was worth $10,000 is now only worth $3,000. So th- what we're trying to figure out is how to balance and so that both sides give a little. What is that, are there ways that the oil and gas industry can dramatically lower the 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 noise the visual imposition the you know this the sense that that's not the old neighborhood that they knew how can we do that can we put some of this stuff underground get more of the trucks off the roads have quieter you know much much quieter activities in every sense triple the fines for leaks if you're close to these neighborhoods all kinds of things that we would you know figure out some way that that, that people can still people who own the mineral rights can still have have the value, their asset, you know, that, that hasn't been dramatically diminished, but at the same time allow
0: people who've been living on the surface to have quiet enjoyment. It's, it's a very complex situation, isn't it? Because these mineral rights are constitutionally guaranteed, so they're very, very powerful, and it's not the type of thing to where you can relegate many of these operations to, say, an industrial part of town and have them drill over, because it's not quite how these mineral rights work, is it? Right. It is very complicated
1: and everyone thinks well just because it's directional directional drilling uh, we can be a thousand or two thousand feet away from uh, a dwelling place or neighborhood and it doesn't work that way, right? That horizontal drilling is the only thing that allows them and they need the full length of that horizontal drilling to be in the directly in the pay to, to make it economic and if you suddenly say they've got to move so far away they really can't drill the well anymore and suddenly someone who had an asset that had some value suddenly becomes
0: worthless. You mentioned that these discussions are still ongoing. Legislature has ended. There have been rumors of potentially calling a special session. Well, we wouldn't call a special session unless we really figured out a
1: deal that kind of that both sides could accept uh, to come and call people together and then let them storm it out would, would be just very frustrating, I think, for everyone. What we're trying to do is get a broad cross-section of interested parties, you know, from on this kind of property rights side of things. And the people that have these ballot initiatives, we're talking to them and say, all right, what kind of a compromise could work? Because they realize that they put the ballot initiative on the ballot, they don't necessarily win. They
0: have to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, so is that why you're trying to to head this off? Why? why is it so important?
1: Well, you look around the state, so the organizations we've heard from, a variety of chambers of commerce and other business organizations, home builders, I mean, various industries are very concerned about this ballot initiative. A, that any of these would pass. They think it could dramatically hurt the economy. Uh, and they are you know, determined that they would raise a lot of money and put, you know, millions of dollars into TV ads. And I think, you know, the folks that are they're supporting for the, you know, for the, the, the setback, you know, like a larger setback or the local control, um, they're going to go out and raise a lot of money. I think both sides would prefer not to have to spend their money on, on TV ads for an initiative that, that has an uncertain outcome. So it, it really, when you're looking at up to $30 million might be spent on, these, on this kind of an initiative,
0: that's a lot of money that could be used better elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't it instead be using taxpayer dollars to call a special session to have lawmakers come in and craft that compromise? Yeah,
1: but a, a special session, I, I, don't, I have to go look at what it costs, $40,000 or $50,000. It is expensive. But if, if we can spend forty or $50,000 and avoid
0: having $30 million wasted, that's pretty good investment finally governor you are working on a reelection bid this year both sides both the both environmental groups and the oil and gas industry are powerful in Colorado they're both well-funded and Colorado is indeed a very politically diverse state and some of the communities which have voted to ban fracking are some of your bigger constituents For you politically, how hard is that line to ride between industry and environmental interests? You
1: know, I try not to look at it look at it politically, right? And I may be running for re-election, but pretty likely I'm going to I'm going to really piss off both sides (laughs) the way we're going. Uh, So I think it's better not to worry about that, but to look at what's fair, right? To a large extent, this is a land use. Issue. I think more than an issue around fracking and and pollution. I mean, we've we're fracking 4,500 wells a year, and out here in Colorado, when we do a do hydraulic fracturing, it's usually one and a half to two miles below the below where the groundwater is. I mean, it just never comes up into the groundwater. I think what alarms people far more is this notion of having an industrial activity in their neighborhood, and I think there, we we can perhaps find a compromise and say, all right, let's sit down and and figure out what are the things we all agree to, that that people's property is something that should be protected. We shouldn't just have government take away the value of someone's property, but we should also recognize that somebody's, you know, the right to be able to enjoy their house and their yard, uh, and maybe not have the intrusion uh, quite so close of of, uh, industrial activity, that that has value. So how do we balance those two core values that I think most, most of us respect both of them? And that's, that's the magic we haven't been able to find yet, is, is where is those compromises so that a, a neighborhood doesn't feel they're losing their quality of life, but at the same time, someone who owns a mineral right uh, is able to, to get the value that they've always counted on. Many of these people that own the mineral rights are retired, and this is part of their retirement.
0: Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper, sir, thank you very much for your time. It was my pleasure.